Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. If you forgive me, I'm, I'd like to take a risk uh, this morning. I'm a little bit nervous, uh, but I just feel, feel God uh, wants, is asking me to, just to take a risk. Uh, and likewise, uh, I'm inviting you to, to take a risk as well. Over the, last, over the last couple of weeks, I've just been noticing that, that when revelation about God comes, transformation happens. And I've just been seeing this regularly, just that... Um, just a few days ago, we were with we were with an amazing, amazing woman, and she had a, a revelation after about 40 years of marriage about something that had happened to her, and and she forgave of some people. What we don't what we don't know is that revelation uh, brought healing to her husband, and uh, her husband had poison in her in his hand, and. During that time of uh, releasing forgiveness and her, her forgiving uh, some people, we then blessed, uh, uh, we, ju- we just blessed her and then got her to pray for her husband. And her husband, when, as soon as she laid a, uh, a handkerchief on, on his hand, the swelling just disappeared. And the po- she went into the doctors the next day and the, the poison had, had disappeared. He was given the all clear. And I'd just been noticing that, that revelation had brought some transformation. Um, just a couple of days ago, we were, we were talking with some people, and uh, a lady, she had had bronchitis for... Uh, she'd had it for years ago, and it just flared up again. And she, she thought that she was never going to be able to sing again or never be able to communicate what was going on the inside. And, and again, a revelation that God loves her and that God wants to heal her brought about a transformation as we prayed, and she could feel freedom in her vocal cords and um, when you look at Jesus when he ministered to the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman that revelation about who Jesus was brought transformation to her town and her city and so I, I want to just try something I want to just try something um, as, we, as I speak I, I, I just felt as though God was saying that when there's revelation transformation happens and I want to encourage you to, to join in the risk that I'm going to take. And I believe um, if, if you hear something that's a revelation, I'm going to ask you to stand. Because I, I really believe, what I imagine was that as you stand, those around you, it might not be you that receives the transformation, but I believe that the people around you are going to be healed. And there's going to be transformation. Anyone that's healed, because where where revelation happens, there's transformation. So uh, I'm going to be brave. Um, uh, where revelation happens, there, there's transformation. So just as I talk, if there's something, again, I'm 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 not necessarily speaking to. Uh, I've learned something today. I'm not, I'm not speaking to cognitively, but you just if you feel something that that's a, a transforming word for you, I'd just like you to stand and take, take a risk. Um, God hasn't told me what to do next, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, he hasn't told me what to do if no one stands either. So, uh, uh, so we're, we're seeking to learn 
and learn and learn again who the Holy, Holy Spirit is for us as an individual, but also so that you and I can receive the Holy Spirit more deeply. We can enlarge our minds uh, more widely. And this whole series, as Viv started it last week, if you haven't heard uh, her, her preach, please, uh, I think it's going to be available next week, uh, but please do, do uh, listen to that. We want to we receive the person of the Holy Spirit to then help us advance the kingdom of God in our everyday moments of life, not just on Sundays, but throughout, throughout the week. And so I'm going to look at two scriptures today. One is in John chapter 1, and then we're going to flip over to Romans 8. And I, I think we've got the scriptures. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and me, the person of the Holy Spirit and me. Uh, so we can have John 1. Great, thank you. Uh, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. This is John speaking. I did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Uh, So if we can flip over now to Romans 8 and verse 14. Thank you, thank you. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God and are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we might share in his glory. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true, and it was given to you and me in love. Holy Spirit, we just want to say, have your way. Not that we need your invitation, but we do ask that you'd come, and you'd come and meet with us in a very powerful way. Amen. just while I uh, get a drink, why don't you turn to your friend and say, God is really good and he's going to bless you today. God's really good and he's going to bless you today. God's really good. Sometimes, sometimes I think we need to be convinced of that. So I'm hoping you are. God's really good. Uh, all the Gospels tell of this story of Jesus, Jesus being baptized. And in them reveal these little aspects of what happened during the baptism. Jesus comes to, comes to John and says, Behold the Lamb of God. You see, John here, he recognizes something about this one. And then uh, as Jesus gets baptized, uh, in Luke it says the heavens are torn open. And I, I really love that because it's, it feels like the voice of God that comes from heaven and it's the voice that says, this is my son with whom I, am. I take great pleasure. 
uh, we spent a few weeks in South Africa, and uh, if you're South African, you would say pleasure. And so uh, I'm going to say that a few times. What I love about this, um, what I love about this moment, the voice of God comes and says, this is my son with whom I take great pleasure. You see, Jesus hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't healed the sick. He hasn't gone to the cross. He hasn't been raised from the dead. He's done absolutely nothing, and yet the Father takes great pleasure in him. I, I just want to encourage you, you and I today, that God does not take pleasure in you because of your ability to keep the law. It does, God doesn't take pleasure in you because of your, the way you can play nice, the way you can be a good Christian. Uh, God doesn't take pleasure in you in in when you do the right things. Uh, you see, God takes pleasure in you because he created you. It's as simple as that. There's nothing you can do or will ever do that will change the pleasure of God over you. He created you. You're, you're his masterpiece. I think that's really good news. Um, as I was thinking about that, I was, wow, that's, that's really good. That's really good news. Because it's just the way that Jesus loves you. It's in the same way that Jesus didn't, do any, didn't have to do anything to, to earn God's pleasure. You don't need to do a thing to earn God's pleasure. There's nothing you can do and I think that you'll ever need to do to earn his pleasure. He takes pleasure in you because he thought about you even before you, he placed you in your mother's womb. He loved you and he chose you. It's wonderful news. Uh, what that means is, and what that means for me, is that all the pressure's off trying to perform for his approval because you already have it. I don't need to do things to earn the approval of God. I already have it. And so the Bible here, in, in, when Jesus got baptized, it says that the Holy Spirit rested and remained. He came down like a dove and rested and remained upon Jesus. Because what happens there, there's a cosmic shift. In all of history, in that moment, there's a cosmic shift. Because from, from the point of creation up until now, the Holy Spirit only rested on a few people. Back in the Old Testament, we see that he rested on people for a, normally for an empowerment for service. Or normally they had a, a word to bring. Or normally there was a divine moment that God wanted to, um, like Gandalf, you shall not pass. It was like a divine moment that often in the scriptures in the Old Testament, God would intervene. Holy Spirit only rested on like prophets or kings. Uh, what I love about it, also the Holy Spirit rested on an ass, a donkey. I love that. So if he can rest on an ass, he can rest on me. But up until that moment, that's all you got. Up until that moment, you only got the Holy Spirit for a bit of empowerment. That's all you got. But for the first time since creation, where Adam and Eve uh, were with God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the garden, they were in perfect union, unity before the fall. Now we get this. The heavens are torn open. Uh, it's like the Father saying, I can't wait to tear open heaven. I can't wait for this cosmic moment where I can pour out my spirit. 
You see, God's design is never to be separate from his people. I don't know if you knew that. God's design is never to be distant or separate. Uh, and I'm going to use an Old Testament word, which I'll explain in a minute. His, his design was always to tabernacle with us, to dwell amongst his people. And the person of the Holy Spirit, for the first time since the Garden of Eden, the Holy Spirit rested upon flesh. So here, Jesus, he's here as a fully, as a, fully a man, fully God, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. And from that point on, Jesus, he shifted from just being a 30-year-old carpenter in the Middle East to being a miracle worker. That was a moment where everything shifted. Suddenly, he moves from this ordinary carpenter who shifts things and changes things. Wherever he goes, God's power's on display. I love what uh, Julian Adams, uh, another South African prophet, uh, he says that every, uh, every funeral that Jesus went to became a non-event, including his own. I love that. <laughs> the person of the Holy Spirit rested and remained on him. And Jesus, he's walking up, and John sees Jesus. And he says, that's the one that's coming after me, that's going to baptize a human race through him with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, according to the law, I, you must baptize me. John's like, you've got to baptize me. But Jesus says, no, 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 you, according to the scriptures, you need to baptize me. Later on in Matthew chapter 11, we have this uh, discourse between Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And he says this, anyone who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. You ever thought about that? Anyone who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. You see, John the Baptist never entered into the, the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying anyone who's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. In this story, he's saying John the Baptist is the greatest man born of a woman who's ever lived throughout history. Jesus is saying John the Baptist here is the greatest man, and then he flips it and he says anyone who's least in the kingdom is greater than him. I thought that was really interesting. If you're, if you're a Christian here today, if you believe and you follow Jesus, you have entered into more of an encounter with God than John the Baptist. Did you know that? In his entire life, anyone who follows Jesus has, uh, is, is uh, greater than John the Baptist. The entry point for, for us as followers of Jesus is to receive the Holy Spirit. And you cannot become a Christian without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the very entry point that John the Baptist could never enter. So the least of the kingdom is greater. That's what I'm trying to, trying to say. Uh, just I had another thought. Another sort of thought for, I just wanted to throw out. Um, when, you, when you begin to understand that the Holy Spirit, most of us, we think that I'm, the Holy Spirit comes for power. And I must do more for the Holy Spirit. But when we get this and we realize that the person of the Holy Spirit wants to confirm us that we're sons of God, that, we're, that we have sonship 
to God. Because we see that in Jesus. How many of you know that the, the time that the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus was in order to authenticate that he was the Son of God? And that's how John recognized. He said, there's something about this man. There's something about this. And the same Holy Spirit that comes to us in salvation, comes to us in relationship, primarily, and I want to propose this, primarily comes to us so that we are now sons of God. A bit like um, we are the bride of Christ. As a man, we can enter into the, we're a bride of Christ. As a, as a lady, we are now sons of God. We can have both. As a man, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm going to be dressed and spotless and glamorous. But you, you've been adopted into the family. You are now, you have the spirit of sonship. I thought that was really amazing. Um, the same empowering presence, that same dynamic presence, the same person, you see the Holy Spirit's a person that operated in the life of Jesus, now gets to operate in you. And again, it's not so that we can live just an ordinary life and just get our ticket to heaven, but we get to live an extraordinary life with the Holy Spirit right now. That's really good. Because the same authenticating mark that was on Jesus is on you. It's amazing. You see, the only difference between you and Jesus is that Jesus is begotten of the Father, and we're adopted. We're adopted into the family. Going the wrong way. I'm going backwards. It, the only, it's the same inheritance, it's the same power, the same spirit that was in Jesus, was on Jesus, is the same spirit that is on you. Thank you, Joel. So, you just t- tell me what's the revelation, Joel? So revelation brings transformation. I believe there's some people just in that back area that, that God wants to heal. So if that's you, would you just stand up? If you, uh, if you need healing, you've got sickness in your body, pain in your body, or you might have some issues with your mind, would you just stand up where you are? Just stand up right now. Just stand up right now. So we just want to honor these people. So just keep your eyes closed. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we release over you now. And Father, we we declare where there's revelation, you, you bring transformation. So we just say, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All depression just be gone right now. All anxiety, just be gone right now. All fear, just be gone right now. 
Uh, I pray for distant families. I pray for families that are distant. We, we just release it. Anyone has neck pain? Anyone there has neck pain? Or you've got some kind of issue with the throat? I just saw this kind of tension around your throat. Anyone there? Just pray, just pray. His throat, yeah. I just had this, uh, just this thought that like you've got this tight neck brace on and God wants to just let that go. So you can, yeah, yeah, Richard. Just put your hand on, round his neck. <laughs> he's one of our sozo people, so he, yeah, yeah. We just release, we say freedom, for Christ has set you free. We declare freedom and liberty in Jesus' name. Just release your voice right now. May the honey of Jesus just be, be released right now. Soothe every pain right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for taking a risk. Why don't, why don't you grab your seats? Holy Spirit's here. Thank you. Should we carry on? I'm going backwards again. Um, okay. <laughs> I haven't even said anything. What was the revelation? Silence. That's amazing. So stay standing, Louise. Uh, anyone here who's, whether there's revelation, there's transformation. Whether you need healing or there's some transformation that you need, uh, why don't you stand? So Louise, why don't you just place your hand on uh, you need three arms, actually. Why don't, why don't we get someone else? <laughs> we bless them. I, I break the fear of death right now. I break its hold. I break any fears, any lies. Thank you for this revelation. Now, Holy Spirit, you just do your work. I thank you. You love to move wherever you go. 
And I just declare over you faithful people who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're faithful. Holy Spirit says you're faithful. You're faithful ones. Just keep receiving. I'm just going to let them carry on if that's okay. Um, I was just saying that this uh, this isn't just something for a Sunday. This is for when we're trying to figure out what we need to do with that big with that business deal. The Holy Spirit's around, so He wants to invade right there in the middle of that business decision. This is for the moment where you're trying to figure out wisdom, what to do with your family. Holy Spirit wants to be involved right there. Um, this is for you if you're struggling in relationships. The Holy Spirit wants to invade right there. But many of us, we, we, many of us, we see uh, as, a, as, a, as a believer, I used, I used to just think that the Holy Spirit was this force, this power. But we miss that he's a person and he wants to invite us who he is as a person. Because his primary, I want to propose, his primary job is to confirm that we're now sons. The primary job of the Holy Spirit is not to empower you for service. Many of us, we come to church, Holy Spirit, fill me up so I can go. We, we treat it like the Trinity. He's, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The, Trin- the Holy Spirit's the one that does all the dirty work. He's like the, bat- you know, he's the one involved in battle. But we miss, we miss it because we're sons and daughters of God. And just like when Jesus was baptized, we're marked with that sonship. How many of you remember the, there's a verse in John chapter 16, and it says that the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin and convicts us of righteousness. Very often in church, we've become so focused on sin that we forget that we, when we became Christians, we've received a new nature. How many of you know that the judgment that was upon us before we became followers of Jesus, we were judged because we were sinners, we're now judged because we're now saints. Did you get that? You all get that, it's amazing. How many of you know that you're judged as a Christian, as a saint? You're not judged as a sinner. We're a new creation. We've been given a new creation We've been given a mark by the Holy Spirit that calls us adopted, that we're sons and we're saints. Read Ephesians. We're saints, we're saints, we're saints. The Holy Spirit says that he'll convince or convict the world that they're sinners and that they need Jesus Christ to be disciples. But for some of us who are followers of Jesus, he'll convict you of your righteousness. He'll tell you how good you're doing, how well you're doing. That's his job. That's what it says in the scriptures. The Holy Spirit's job is not to convict you of what you're doing wrong. It's to convince you that you're a saint and to act accordingly. You're a saint. You're in right standing with him. You see, many of us think that the only way to overcome sin is just by saying, no, 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 no. I try hard. I won't look at that thing again. I won't be that kind of person again in relationships. But what you behold, you become. And what the Holy Spirit does is he comes to you like a mirror. He comes to you, Ryan, like a mirror. And he says, you're a saint. 
He doesn't say you're a sinner. He says you're a, you're a saint. And that's the primary job of the Holy Spirit. Reveals, he reveals who you are in Jesus. That's really good news. He reveals your righteousness. Do you know this? That right now, you stand in the same way that Jesus stands before God. You're seated in Christ in heavenly places right now. We don't need to wait for the ticket to get us in. We're already there. We're seated in Christ. Did you know that? This is outrageously good news. This will change everything in terms of how we think and how we behave. Without the Holy Spirit, we're often afraid that we're going to do wrong. The Holy Spirit, this week, I want to propose, he wants to come and say who we are now. The same authentication mark that was on Jesus is on you and I. Uh, I talked about tabernacle, and I'll, le- I'll end with this. We're going to have uh, some of the kids come in in a minute, and they're going to be our ministry team. Uh, so I need to. So I've just culled all my talk, just so the kids can uh, kids can bless you. Talked about the, this word tabernacle. See, the Holy Spirit wants to move in, and He wants to change your life. It's his, his role. He wants to change your heart. There's this verse that we just read about Jesus, that the Holy Spirit rested and remained uh, on Jesus. And that word is where we get that previous, the Hebrew word tabernacle from. In Hebrew, the word tabernacle, I, I looked at this the other day. Uh, the, the, it's, uh, some of the Hebrew words are really hard to, um, to translate into one simple phrase or one word. The word tabernacle it means to move in and make yourself comfortable. One of the things that I, I've noticed for many of us that the Holy Spirit just doesn't want to come upon you. He wants to dwell within you. He wants to tabernacle. He wants to move in and make himself comfortable. Um, years ago when Viv and I were dating, we would... Uh, I, was, I lived in, in Epsom, she lived in Clapham, and we would travel to see each other, you know, and then I, we would leave, and then I'd travel home, or she would come see me for the evening, and then she would travel back. Um, when we got married, that was the first time that we, uh, the first time that we actually shared a bed, and when we, it was amazing, you know, when I was dating Viv, we dated her for like I dated her for about 18 months. It was fantastic. But I could go home, and my room was my room. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going. I, I moved in with Viv, and Viv wanted to move in and make herself comfortable, which meant that certain things I had to change in terms of my lifestyle, and uh, I didn't have a lot of money then, so I lived on pasta and tuna and shreddies. Shreddies in the morning, you know, maybe a banana, but then pasta and tuna. That, that was it. Viv moved in. She didn't want pasta and tuna, so we had to change. Um, our bedding, we had to change, and there, there was, like, pinks and cushions. What are cushions? What are cushions about? <laughs> what are cushions about? Oh, every morning, we have to place the cushions, <laughs> and then the evening, we have to take them off again. 
What's that about? Um, I've, I've preached this twice, and she gets to hear that tonight, so uh, that could be interesting. The problem with us, many of us, is we date the Holy Spirit. Many of us, we just date the Holy Spirit. We just see him for a bit, but then we can just get on with our own stuff. We come to church, and we can just get on, and we pray a bit, and we can just get on. Holy Spirit wants a tabernacle. He wants to move in and make himself comfortable. But he's a gentleman, not like an English gentleman, which is all polite. He'll never impose himself, but he wants to move in and make himself comfortable. He wants to first tell you you're a saint, that you're a son, but then he wants to give you strength and wisdom and empowerment. Um, It means that we're going to have to rearrange some of our furniture, of our heart. It means that if the Holy Spirit wants some cushions inside, if he wants certain things done, we have to move, he has to move in. It means it gets inconvenient. Lastly, the Holy Spirit's aim isn't principle. His higher aim is relationship. And this is some of our dreams for this series, that we cannot just be simply purpose-driven. We must be presence-shaped by God before we're purpose-driven. Remember, primarily he comes in to tell us who we are, and then he empowers us. Some of us, we've got it the wrong way around, where we think he just comes to empower us. He comes to, to place in you and on you the spirit of, of adoption. We have this model in Jesus. For 30 years, he lived as a normal, uh, normal Eastern carpenter, a Jewish carpenter. One encounter, one encounter with the Holy Spirit, and the, everything changed, history changed. Why don't we stand? What we're going to do is we're the Holy Spirit of the ministry team, uh, Holy Spirit's ministry team, uh, and he's going to use the children. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to ask you, if you want some prayer, maybe you want some healing. You know, this, this lot got a whole load of ministry, but maybe you're... I want some of that. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to come down to the front and just sit on the front chairs here uh, so we don't make it intimidating for the, for the children. And the, the children are going to just pray for you. Uh, they're going to speak over you. Um, so if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if there's something that's caught you about knowing that he calls you a son and daughter, if there's something that has struck you today. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're just going to ask you to come to the front and the Holy Spirit are going to come down. So why don't the children come down first? And if you want prayer, why don't you come and Come and sit in the front row, and uh, we're just going to invite the children to come pray for you. It's a fantastic opportunity to receive prayer. So why don't you come forward now? If you want prayer for anything, 
Come grab a seat. Need some healing. You need more of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. So we're going to carry on worshipping for the next five or so minutes. There's a lot of freedom here. So if you need to go, please go. If you want some prayer, please come get some prayer. Um, Why don't we we worship God and uh, invite him to come? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.